Hello, and thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Dreamviews Live podcast. I am your host, Dale Marek, and today I sit down with Hannah Maddox. Hannah is the lead singer for the Denver, Colorado-based metal band Scarlet Canary. The band was about to perform at the Bancroft Bar in, in San Diego whenever we talked. To get things started, here is a song from their EP titled Perspective with a song called Antidote. Scarlet Canary, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, so you're here playing to the Bancroft tonight? Yeah, we are. San Diego. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, first serious question of the night. Uh, what did you guys listen to on the way to the venue? Oh, gosh. We listened to a lot of 70s music today. Um, yeah, we've got a really great, um, it's a sing-along karaoke station on Pandora. And it's like all the 70s hits, you know, Boston and, you know, just, just all the really good stuff, you know, little Bon Jovi, things like that, so 70s and 80s. <laughs> so I'm assuming you win all the karaoke battles? You know, um, you'd think that, but actually um, our singer, ha- or our uh, drummer has a, a decent voice too, so, and our bass player as well. Really the only one that can't sing is Alan, our guitar player, so. <laughs> as long as he can play, I guess that's all that matters? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Okay, um, so do you guys have any sort of like a pre-show ritual that you have, or? After show, pre-show, anything? Yeah, you know, a lot of bands do, but we really don't. We just play music and um, enjoy ourselves, I guess. Uh, on occasion, we'll stretch. If it's been like a really long, you know, round of touring, we're on day twenty-nine, I think, right now, or thirty. I don't know. We're somewhere near the end. Um, we have three shows left, so like around now, we're starting to get a little sore. You know, after the shows, we're like, oh, I'm feeling my age a little, so <laughs> we'll stretch and stuff. But now we don't really do anything. We just kind of perform. Cool. A lot of hours in the van, I guess. Yes, lots I guess of I guess hours. What's the most tedious thing about the tour? I guess. You know, it's really not the worst. Um, since we're from Colorado, it's really difficult to get to a lot of the markets that have a really, really huge music scene. Um, I mean, just to get out of our state, it takes four to six hours. So we're really used to driving. <laughs> well, I feel you. I'm from Texas, so that's the whole day oh, just God. to go across. Oh, seriously, though. You guys, I would riot. I'd be like, nope, we're going to make this into three states. Not possible. <laughs> make as many stops as you can. So. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, um, so you guys, you are from Denver. Um, how is the? I haven't been there in a long time. So how is the metal scene there? Um, it's really good, actually. Um, I would have said earlier that our scene, like previously in our touring career, I would have said our scene was not good. Um, but as we go and we play more scenes and we play different areas and stuff, I realize that Colorado really has an amazing um, rock and metal scene. Uh, we, it's crazy, but we 
we are kind of isolated. We have no industry, um, music industry influence, really. There's a couple of people that live there, like Ivan Moody lives there, but he doesn't really do anything. And I don't know, we just don't have any labels. We don't have anything. We just have, you know, uh, really, really good local places that really care about the local scene and the musicians. Um, and then we have a few bigger venues that um, need local support pretty much on any given show. So we, everyone gets the opportunity, if you're a local band in Colorado, you really get the opportunity to play for some really big bands and also um, put on some really, really good local shows with really high attendance. So. That's good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, a while ago, you had mentioned um, about um, like getting funding and support and stuff to really get your name out there and stuff like that. Yeah. Have you ever thought about or thought of the idea of doing like crowdfunding, like Indiegogo or anything like that to help help fund an album and then help help your fans, you know, help support you? I guess. The thing that I I I don't personally like Indiegogos or crowdfunding. Um, that's not to say that sometime in the future, if we were really were stranded and we really desperately needed it, we wouldn't ask for help. But the people that I would ask for help are not going to be the people that will donate to an Indiegogo or a GoFundMe. Those are the people that come to the show and buy every T-shirt off the rack. Those are the people that you know give you the clothes off their back if they you know at the venue if you need it. It's they're never you never just get crowdfunding from the people that you know are giving that would not wouldn't buy the merch already. It's always the people that are already supporting you they give you even more and I feel really bad asking people for that maybe I'm weird but I would rather them get something out of it which is why like a lot of bands will do Indiegogo or you know any of those um, the Patreon and stuff I just don't like it I feel like it's fake I feel like you can never follow through on what you're trying to give them I would much rather just take care of my own stuff in house and come and have them come to the show get the rock show experience you know the music enjoy it live that's that's payment enough for me you know so yeah. Well, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I know it's I, a mixed bag. Everybody has their own feelings about that. Yeah. Well. And it's I a feel, hit or miss. You know? Yeah. And I feel bad because it's not like I don't appreciate or, or want the help. You know, we're, we are a local band. We do everything ourselves. We're DIY. But I would, I don't know. Maybe it's how I was raised, but I don't, I don't let other people take care of my problems. I take care of them myself. So sure. if we were ever to have an issue, I already, like we, my uh, guitar player, he's my husband. So we already know exactly what we would do if we had a problem with the van or a breakdown because we've had him before and we fixed him without anyone even knowing. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Awesome. Very good. Um, so where do you, where do you see yourself for the band in the next five years? I mean, I'd hope to be touring full-time. I'd hope to be playing festivals and, you know, touring um, overseas and playing, you know, 300 shows a year. That's what I love. I love playing music live. I love recording music, too, and I love producing music videos and all that stuff. But for me, it's the live show that really makes me happy. So um, I would love, in five years, I would love to be working with either a, a booking um, group or, or a label that really believed in us, really had some skin in the game and wanted to see us succeed as well as them succeed and be touring full-time. That's what I would love to do. Yeah, so I, I mean, I've noticed there's a big push in the industry of like female-led metal bands. And yeah. I, I personally love it, you know, so and of course there's two on the venue tonight, so um, yeah. <laughs> hopefully it'll work out good and um, definitely keep supporting. Yeah, thank you. Like so we need all the help we can get, so thank you for that. <laughs> Definitely. So, a couple different questions. Um, if you could get a music lesson from anybody in history, who would it be? Um, I don't know if I would necessarily get a music lesson. I would get a business lesson from some people. Um, if it's music related, honestly, I would do. Um, 
I would do like Joan Jett or one of the women from the from the 60s, 70s, and 80s that really pushed the the female fronted side into the spotlight because they were up against a lot of adversity in the time that they were trying to produce music and to be able to be unabashedly themselves and also become successful while doing that that's a very difficult thing that I feel even today a lot of like women especially in the music scene struggle with so I would love to talk and pick their brains about it but um, it would be all like business related I wouldn't be like hey teach me how to sing because you know not that I know what I'm doing I don't know what I'm doing but I would much rather learn how to become successful as opposed to you know teach me how to do this weird vibrato trick or you know whatever so definitely no that makes sense Definitely. I mean, business side is really important to stay in age. So. It is, yeah. Um, is there, an, uh, well, of course you sing. Uh, is there an instrument that you play that you don't play now that you would like to learn? Um, I would really love, I'm horrible. I'm like one of the worst uh, vocalists ever. I can't play keys and I can't play guitar. And I really, want, I really want to learn. Um, I just kind of ride by the, you know, the seat of my pants. I've been told by music teachers and by my band and by people that I work with that I have relative pitch, so I can harmonize to any note that I hear, um, which is really cool and super helpful. But I would love to be able to play keys and write at a higher level than I do now. So um, that's just me being lazy. I could learn that. I just haven't. <laughs> you know, there's always excuses like, life gets in the way. No, I just really like Game of Thrones and sleeping. So I need to not do that as much and learn how to play key. <laughs> the key. Well, you're going to be in trouble after next year then. I guess you're just going to sleep all the time. Mm, yeah, and that's not a problem. I haven't slept like at all on this tour, so I think I have at easily at least at least a 20-day coma you know, is allotted to me by this Waiting point. For you when you get home. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, so, obviously, I'm a, coming through a lot of this with a photography standpoint. Um, is there a certain? Um, what's your thoughts on uh, photographers, and uh, what's your favorite type of photo that you like seeing of yourself, or um, that you gravitate to when you see it? I guess. Um, I really like a lot of singers will choose. Um, especially female singers, will choose photos that make them look good. I like the ones that make me look different than I am. Um, so when I, I like to think of myself not like Jekyll and Hyde, but as like the true version of myself on stage. In public, I'm pretty reserved. Um, I might be mouthy here and there, but I'm, I really am considerate and understanding. And I tend to be very, um, not emotional, but very um, considerate of emotions of people. Um, I don't want anyone to be upset. I want to fix their problems. I want to help them. When I'm on stage, I don't give two crabs. Like, I don't care. Uh, I'm just aggressive and there, and I just want everyone to, you know, have fun and be the be a part of it and, you know, be damned if you don't want to. Like, get your drink and come here. Like, that's how I am on stage. So um, I love it when photographers get photos that show that side of me as opposed to, oh, you know, she looks pretty while she's singing. Yeah, every singer has one of those. I like the ones where my face is, like, distorted and angry and I'm, like, looking at someone like I'm going to eat them or something. I don't know. I just like those photos. Those are my favorite. Yeah, awesome. Very good. Yeah, as a photographer, I'm um, Vocals are kind of hard to do sometimes because you're obviously doing, obviously doing with a mic, mm -hmm. and you don't want it in some weird position, whatever it is, and they'll look too silly, whatever it is. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Plus, I'm real, I'm hairy. You know, I got a lot of hair, and I tend to flip it around a lot. So it, I never they they do unless it's like in my face, which happens a lot. You don't want to eat your hair. Yeah, I just do. Yeah, that's why it's short right now is because I had really long hair for tour last year, and I ended up just braiding braiding it most days. Excuse me, because it was. Uh, 
I would eat it. <laughs> and a ponytail wouldn't really be the good metal look either. Mm -hmm. I guess, for the <laughs> well, and it would like it's stuck in my armpit. I mean, logistically speaking, long hair just doesn't work for someone who's active on stage. <laughs> so I can see that. Yeah, I just chopped it off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can you? Uh, what's something that you screwed up recently and no one found out about? Hmm. Um. Maybe. It doesn't have to be music related. Well, no. I'm just like recently. I've just been in a van for like 40 days, so um, maybe. Oh, here's a good one. I gave a guy a wrong T-shirt size the other night. I felt really bad about it. Um, I realized last minute because he was really, really drunk, like really drunk, and he's, he's having a blast. You know, he had a DD and he was letting loose, and it was, you know, he was ready to have a, a great night, and he sure did. Um, but he asked for, I think he asked for a medium and I gave him a large by accident, which isn't that big of a deal, but, um, I was going back through and I had pulled two sets of t-shirts out for him to pick what size. And when I was putting everything away, I was confused why my inventory was off. And then I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's because I gave him the wrong t-shirt size. But you know, dude, if you're out there, I'm sorry, you can have the right one. Just <laughs> send us a message. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, honestly, like I'm pretty good with logistics and keeping everything like in line. I'm very not controlling or anything, but I'm very like detail oriented in the sense that I want it to go right. Right. And yeah, not be a pain in the butt. So, so I just take care of it. Yeah, I just take care of it, make sure it's ready and good to go. All right. So on the latest album you got out, so what would you say the uh, your favorite song is on there? Or to perform? Or I really, I really like Spectral and Antidote. Um, the whole album is a concept album. It's the stages of grief. Um, I don't know if you know anything about them, but there's seven stages of grief and loss. Um, and you go through them, not necessarily in order, but they're typically the most standardly accepted um, stages um, of, like, especially uh, uh, death. So if a family member or a spouse or a parent or, you know, whoever it is, a friend dies, um, you go through these stages. And... Um, Ang or, uh, antidote is anger, which is the second phase, and spectral is bargaining, which is the third phase. And um, when we wrote this album, we had gone through a bunch, a bunch of stuff, um, which was all topped off by our really good friend in the local Denver scene committing suicide, and out of nowhere. Uh, and it was just really hard for us to. I guess to get through it and we wrote the album really to help ourselves and each of the songs was a, was literally a, a stage of grief and it helped us get through the loss of, of both our friend and everything else we were around so I guess those two are my favorite because anger is one of the emotions that I mean it doesn't matter who you are you feel it at any given time during the day you know from minute to minute a lot some people are very angry people and at least for me I feel like especially being a musician there's lots of frustrations that come along with it so that song really helps me I guess emote and get that frustration out um, and then Spectral is one of my favorite ones to perform live because I love watching people's faces when we get to the middle of it where there's this really crazy breakdown with a lot of screaming and everybody just their eyes get all big and they start throwing their hair around and jumping around and headbanging and it just I don't know it just makes me feel very uh, like everyone is connected and really enjoying themselves very cool Awesome. Would you, um, do you have any uh, words of advice or hints on the best way to take care of your voice? Yeah. Um, sit you're on tour and singing every night. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to be a little bit tougher on my voice um, than most singers are. Like, a lot of singers will go on vocal rest or they won't use their voice during the day, but I'm actually the opposite. I found that um, 
I if I just had if I just stopped talking or stopped singing, I actually have a harder time and my vocals my my chords hurt more near the end of tour. Um, so I actually I just cut dairy or um, at least milk and like ice cream and like heavy heavy dairy products. I tend to cut those out of my diet. Um, I drink a ton of water. And um, I get rest, I get sleep as much as I can, because those are the things that are going to help your chords rebuild in between each set. Um, but yeah, I just, um, I just really pay attention to them and make sure they feel good. Like, honestly, at the end of this tour, I was even saying because of the fires and everything in California, it's been really difficult for me to breathe. Um, and uh, because of that, my not my chords, but like my my whole throat. Uh, my diaphragm and everything I've had to work overtime to like compensate for my asthma and uh, uh, allergy problems that happen when you know the whole world is you know the air is completely filled with smoke so um, anyway so it's been it's been weird I haven't had any vocal issues but I've had like wheezing can't breathe issues so you know get usually your... it's the other way around because when you go to Denver the altitude everybody can't breathe exactly kind of <laughs> no no and, and and you're totally right but yeah obviously altitude doesn't really affect us because we live in it year-round so <laughs> we go out there and we're just like haha I can climb a 14er and everybody comes you know everybody from the coasts or at lower elevations come there and they're asking for oxygen tanks when they get off the plane and right. I'm just skipping on by <laughs> That's good though. Yeah. Do you think that helps your voice, like maybe carry a note or something, or? Mm, yeah, I mean. I never really thought about it, but I guess it may. You mean consistent? Like being used to the altitude like that, if that actually helps you singing. It does help me with endurance. Um, when we go to lower elevations, I feel like I can sing for days. Um, I can perform and move because I'm very active on stage, um, and um, I can perform and move a ton, a ton more than I can at elevation. By, you know, song three, if we're in a 45-minute set, by song three or four, when we're at elevation, I start to sweat and I start to breathe hard and I have to pay attention to what I'm doing and make sure I'm supporting my diaphragm and everything so that I don't put stress and tension on my chords. And, you know, it's all the dumb stuff that singers talk about. But, um, no, at, at lower elevations, I feel like a superhuman. Like, I could run, like, 12 miles. Not that I would. I would never do that. Unless there was a cheeseburger at the end, then maybe. But other than that, no. Yeah, exactly. Hey, last thing. So, if you could play a superhero in a movie, which character would you be? Um, gosh, I would want to do. Honestly, I wouldn't want to be a superhero. I'd want to be a villain. I would love to be like in the um, DC universe and stuff. I'd love to be like Poison Ivy or, um, you know, uh, I guess. Catwoman, or like one of the one of the villains that is not necessarily the good guy. I feel right. like they have a lot more fun. You know, they're not always right, but they at least fight for what they believe in, and they're not restricted by rules and regulations. Though it might be that they're because they're crazy and they right. should be restricted. But I don't know. I just feel like they have a better time. They have more fun. You did mention Game of Thrones, so how sad are you going to be when it ends? Oh God, I don't even want to think about it. We're I already they're doing a prequel though, maybe. So that'll they are. That is the thing that's happening, and that's the very dim shining light that I'm clinging to. But um, no, we uh, we've had over 300 days without Game of Thrones, and I'm not going to lie. When we get back, I am going to binge watch hard all of the seasons to catch up, just because I can't handle the the deprivation the lack of Game of Thrones in my life right you mean, now. You do have them on iPad right now on the road or anything? No, I don't get time to watch. I'm one of the, me and uh, Alan and I own the van, so we're the only two that drive. Okay. So I literally spend four hours driving and then four hours napping and then four hours driving and then we play a gig and then we continue that shift. So, yeah, I don't really get a lot of time to just twiddle my thumbs and do nothing. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, very good. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, have, thank you. Looking forward to the show tonight. Good. Just some good, good, good shots. So.
And that was the song Spectral, also on the Perspective EP. Since this interview, the band did finish this portion of their tour schedule. So, uh, But if you do check out their website, uh, they do have some more shows coming up this summer. So make sure you check them out. That's about all I have for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining me and hearing the interview with uh, Hannah and Scarlett Canary. Make sure you guys hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. Talk to you guys next week with another interview. Cheers. <laughs>